Hey y'all, welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm Akemini. I'm Michelle. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, sisters. How y'all doing? <laughs> well, well, well. Uh, I'm doing my chest bounce right now. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Actually, actually, this table is built by Wakandans for Wakandans. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's, it's built by the Dora Milaje. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get real specific. Yes, we, we are recording for Wakanda, and we ain't ever coming back, y'all. So, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> Look. <laughs> y'all, my voice is gone from yelling out the whole time watching the movie. So. <laughs> Just. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Which is the appropriate way to respond to the movie. That's so, I mean, appropriate. That's it. That's, so clearly, y'all, if you're listening to this, it's spoilers galore. So do I mean, not for real, we are not holding back. Yeah. We're not holding back. Do not listen to this episode if you have not no, watched Run away, run away, run away now. So please, please do that because we're not going to hold back. We are going to talk about this. Um, you know, just have a conversation really is what we're going to do. So uh, I'm excited. I mean, I guess the brief synopsis of the movie is um, that T'Challa, he's um, the king of Wakanda. He rises to the throne uh, in the isolated, technologically advanced African nation of Wakanda. But his claim is challenged by a vengeful outsider. Okay, that's mm-hmm. Killmonger. He was a childhood victim of T'Challa's father's mistake. So that mm-hmm. is like a very, very condensed summary that I got yeah, from yeah, IMDb. Yeah. Shout out to IMDb. <laughs> uh, so, our, Michelle, okay, so you said that you were screaming, your voice is gone because of that. Please, <laughs> please. What are your thoughts, girl? What are your thoughts? Uh, well, first of all, um, and we knew we knew from the preview. Here's what's funny: I listened back to our um, discussion on just the preview of this movie. Okay, and um, I remember us talking about how black women were obviously going to be a center point. Yeah, and what do you know? My, mm-hmm. I, I have to say, my favorite scene was when T'Challa is like using technology and all of the magic of the Black Panther inside of him to stand on top of the <laughs> roof of a car. And oh, yeah, yeah. the general of the Dora Milaje is doing oh, the very same thing in yes, a car dress. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> a prom dress. The way they juxtaposed that was just so clear. It's so clearly to show that, um, you know, we don't rock with those. Yeah, women are hot, but gender roles and strength don't counter each other at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was definitely my favorite part. I loved the show <laughs> of our sisters in that at every turn. Yeah, that was pretty dope. Like I was like, didn't <laughs> deny Korea scene. It was it. crazy. Okoye was killing it. I was like, come on, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. What about you, Christina? What did you like love about Black Panther or what stood out to you? Man, there's a lot. There's a lot that I loved. <laughs> so, but okay, so 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 you guys are not this is us fans, but to the people no. who are who are <laughs> Are this is us fans? The surprise role uh, of Killmonger's father. Oh um, yeah, that was a very big deal. <laughs> to that was surprising to me. That, that was, was cool though, and it highlighted. You know, I for me, I think um, yes, Sterling is like um, 
he's just absolute character uh, excellence in terms of acting role. So that was mm-hmm. fantastic. The dynamic between him and his son and what what it meant for him to be a Wakandan, but, but to become an African-American and mm-hmm. to experience mm-hmm. the injustices unique to African-Americans and wanting to protect his son. Yeah. Um, like that storyline to me was so rich. Um kind of really sharing in the solidarity of suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that part. Of course, the women, as Michelle said, were yes. just were just tremendous in this movie. Um, and, and not even just, I mean, the Dora Milaje, I think is an easy thing to focus on because it was such overt physical strength and beauty. But I would say also the wisdom of Nakia. To me, she was the conscience of the movie. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Her, her like consistent demonstration of agapic love, um, just subtle, humble, beautiful, clear, but with deep convictions. I loved that character. And I just, I mean, I, I'm thankful for a really strong representation of women on the screen, beautiful women who were not overly sexualized, which was fascinating. Yeah, I love that. Um, com- yeah, comparing so that to like Wonder Woman for me. Um, yeah, like they were. were not fully, yeah, I mean, they were fully women. I mean, I thought about you, Michelle. I was like, you know, this is <laughs> this is a comparison <laughs> between feminism and womanism, really. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, the, the feminism of Wonder Woman, but the womanism of yes. Black Panther, just the deeper, richer, communal oriented role of women. So I I loved it. How about you, Akimini? What what did you notice that gave you the, the happy claps? Oh man, I just loved uh I love so much about it. I love the uh the humor that was in the movie. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I I don't know really what I expected, but um just some <laughs> yeah. of the, but I thought I was like, dang, that was that was really funny. Um, like when I heard, you know, when Shuri called um, Agent Ross a colonizer, she made it very plain. That was so, that was so funny to me. I love that. Um, I love Shuri and um, T'Challa's interaction. Yeah, that brother and sister vibe. That was just so sweet. I, I really love yeah. that a lot. Um, of course, Angela Bassett's just queen mother. Um, as Ram- oh, uh, Ramonda, I believe is her name. Uh, she just was, she was amazing always. Uh, she's literally queen in real life. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, you know who I really love was um, M'Baku. Too. Yeah. Winston, Winston Duke. Um, he's my new bae. And, um, <laughs> and so- <laughs> yeah, amen. Yeah, he, he was, has a fan base for sure now. He, mm-hmm. was, no, he was really great. I just really liked his character. I liked his, his strength, but I also liked um, the jokes that he was kind of telling too. I loved how he silenced Agent Ross um, mm-hmm. in the city where he started uh, barking like an Omega. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> That was so good. That was so hilarious. We're vegetarians. I was like, like, he's a Q. He's a Q all the way. Um, It was just, it was, there was so much about the movie uh, that I loved. So it's hard for me to pick out one thing. I just, I loved, of course, the Dora Milaje, the Dora Milaje, sorry. And just seeing Mm -hmm. dark skinned women as the leads, as the love interest. That is so rare. Like you don't yeah. see it in white films, you don't see it in black films like that, um, nope. and so that was crazy. I think there was like one or two light skinned Dora Milaje, and that was it. And I was like, wow, like they they were very intentional um, yeah. about about definitely trying to center, uh, of course, you know, women, right? But dark skinned women who, are, who are, of course, have a compounded. Um, um, uh, 
experience, you know, um, simply because they are dark. And so I just thought that was, um, I don't know, I just thought it was beautiful. They did a lot of their good research because, I mean, there was actually an, an all-female um I don't know. I'm a unit, I should say, um, in what we call the Republic of Benin now in, in the sure. Dahomey um, yeah. Empire. And so that's based off an of actual real um, thing. That's not a fantasy. Uh, that's not a myth. That's a real uh, that th- these women actually did exist. And so I thought that was amazing. Wardrobe was amazing. <laughs> amazing. These are all things that, you know, that I, I yes. picked out. Uh, it's just beautiful. I don't, you know, uh, I just wonder what a film like this would have done for me as a little kid growing up, you know, um, in California, it's just, um, it was a great, it was a great movie. Um, it it is a great movie and I think it's going to have, um, I, I, I'm excited to see what it's going to do for the next generation is what I'm excited Mm. about. So, so yeah. So what stood out to y'all though about the movie? Like what, what were you left with? Um, when you left the movie, what struck you? Were you left with questions? (laughs) Were you like, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Christina's got something. She's got some things. Yeah. Well, no. So the movie movie was outstanding. I mean, just aesthetically beautiful, as you were mentioning, Kimini. I think um, there's so much rich stuff that I would even argue that the the problems that I have with the movie or the the things that, not necessarily even problems that I have, but I would say the things that stood out to me that made me go like, mm, that's weird. Or, oh, like think about like the ramifications of that are really problematic. If you really draw that out, there's going to be real issues. Mm-hmm. I think I think even those things are springboards for deep conversations. So, um, so for example, in the very, very last scene, when <laughs> T'Challa's intervention is to go back to the neighborhood in California and to just buy stuff up. And I thought <laughs> thought for a moment, I mean, I think on one hand, people, it, it felt like an act of restorative justice and, um, and peacemaking based on the legacy of his father and his forefathers. But there was a part of me that looked at that like, oh, is this like Wakanda and gentrification? Girl, like, what's the I deal? Was and, like, I was like, is this child about to be a black gentrified? What's happening? Is that and I think, and I think honestly, the people I know who do a lot of, um, if you do a lot of like Christian community development association work, I, w- I looked at that and I thought about, okay, so what does it mean that we're sending the message that the people in that neighborhood um, don't have the wisdom? They may not have the resources, but there could actually be wisdom yes. in that neighborhood. So I thought that yeah. was a bit of, I mean, well, it made sense for for it to be what it is. Like, you know, it's it is a comic book movie. And as somebody who watches the Marvel genre, I've seen all the movies <laughs> from the Marvel franchise. I mean, I was like, I was like, yeah, this is kind of yeah. what's going to happen here. But, yeah. but I left that movie thinking like, yeah, that's not really what I want to see happening. Um, but, okay, but, but I get it. But I get it. I really get it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. But I know there's more. That's funny. That's no, because I was thinking, I was like, T'Challa is now a black gentrifier? What, what's happening? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, wait, what, what is that? Is that, what, is that what Oakland needs? I'm just like, there's a lot of gentrification happening in Oakland. Hey, I'm from the Bay. Yeah, I know that's, very that's exactly what it is. So I'm like, are we getting control rent here? Are we getting more reduced housing? <laughs> that's what I was, I was just, I'm sorry. That's what I, I thought about. I thought, y'all want a real analysis? I'm just telling you what, exactly what I thought. I'm going to keep it very real on this <laughs> podcast today. So, <laughs> what about you, Michelle? What, what did anything like kind of make you go hmm, or resonate with you that you're kind of still <laughs> chewing on? 
Yeah. So I'm obviously <laughs> going to come from that radical angle and just make it very yeah. plain that um, I think the establishment of T'Challa as king of Wakanda and even the struggle between um, those who found themselves even feeling uncomfortable with mm-hmm. having to follow the authority of whatever king. If, mm-hmm. uh, if a king is challenged and defeated in ritual combat, then your loyalty stays to the throne. Right. I love the play between Nikia and Okoye yeah. and how they talked really deeply about, um, I mean, Nikia was like, what, what is the point of ritual combat? This is crazy. Mm. And I was <laughs> feeling that even in the midst of, Am I seriously watching two black men battle each other? Mm. Um, So I came from the perspective of being traumatized and eventually desensitized by the years, um, the recent years and the years and decades past of black people observing black death Mm. and um, Mm. the potential ammunition put in the hands of folks that really just want to go crazy i mean racist crazy on black on black violence and um those those structures and all the all the mess that comes with that and i do believe that somewhere between responsibility to the story decision making for marketing it was strategic that you did not see black people at war with those Wakandans might label colonizers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that where it is. Mm-hmm. No, girl, I'm keep going to say from the perspective. Seriously. <laughs> no, seriously, because I think I think what we're going to try to do is offer something that people might not hear because there's going to be a lot of analysis. But see, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah. Sure. Seriously. Sure. I just believe that from the perspective of Black radicalism, which is obviously Mm -hmm. a huge piece of what Black Panther is trying to cash in on, there is a clear self-determination that uh, I think hopefully we'll see in the next movie, but there is a clear lack of self-determination as juxtaposed to the Mm -hmm. existence of Blackness at the behest of whiteness that I think, well, number one, Ta-Nehisi Coates plays into that a ton in his writings. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, the movie could have easily gone there visually or in somewhat like slyly thematically, Mm -hmm. but sitting there as a person watching the deepest most beautifully constructed, most carefully constructed Marvel right, universe right. film. Mm-hmm. I don't know what. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really was overall <laughs> satisfied. I mean, seriously. <laughs> um, overall, I was like, this is still very important. I just was keenly aware of being traumatized by and eventually desensitized by Black death, number one, mm. and then Number two, recognizing that there there is a mortal, just I, I think it is a mortal awkwardness that Black filmmakers have with combat between Black people and white people. I mean, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's my viewpoint. Mm-hmm. You ain't never mm-hmm. going to see a very particular type of combat. Um, mm-hmm. And it's out of fear mm-hmm. that what the niggas gonna rise up. Well, um, or that you we know what you're right though, this. Michelle. That reminds us. Remember when we talked about that? I think we talked about that a little bit in Get Out, and how for some reason mm-hmm. it was like um, Chris just could not. He could not um, raise his hand. Yeah, he couldn't um, finish Rose the way that she should have been. 
personally in, uh-huh. in that movie, right? And there's just just this fear of just like we can't go there because she's a white girl, you know, or we can't go there because. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that is um, that's a really good point that you bring up, Lord. Everybody's gonna be so mad at us after they hear this. <laughs> after they hear this. Yeah, yeah, it's over. But I, know that was, but, but, I think but, it's but, true. But, I got stuff to say too. Go ahead, go ahead, Christina, yeah, yeah. please. Yeah. No, I was going to say at the same time, and I totally agree with that point. I just think the American psyche is one that is desensitized to violence against Black people, but accepts violence against mm-hmm. Black people by Black people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But but also the other piece too is when we think about Eric Killmonger. So I think there are some people. So I think many people are drawn to Eric Killmonger and I think they're drawn to it because when he's right, he's absolutely right. He's like piercing, right? He's like, <laughs> it's yeah. like in your, yeah. when he's, when he's now, of course he's right for the wrong reasons. And so, or, or, so yeah, right. so he's a good diet. He's a good diagnostician, but he is not a good, <laughs> a tr- he's not going to be able to treat the issue. Right. And, um, the other piece, too, which I thought was fascinating is how just looking at people's reviews now, of just their association, identification with Killmonger, you know, it's real hard for me to overlook kind of in the same way, Michelle, when you talked about the desensitizing of the black on black violence. Mm-hmm. It is hard for me to overlook you shooting your ride or die. It's hard for me to it's, it's yeah. hard for me to yeah, overlook you jacking jacking auntie up because mm-hmm. she didn't respond to you right that away. And what that. What that remind and, and then the other many in him killing the woman from the Dora Milaje. So yep. what that reminded me of is how there is um, rightfully so a sensitivity uh, and a longing for correctiveness from black men who have been beaten and abused by the system. Mm-hmm. But there is a tolerance that is too high mm-hmm. when that abusiveness and that pain turns on death. black women. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It turns mm-hmm. on black women. And and I you know, I'm like, nah, you you're not gonna be my shadow secret hero. That's right. Uh, that's right. And you know, so I so I have to push back that. on that. And that's what happens sometimes when we have heroes, is that when they say the things that we want to desperately hear, we stop looking at the actions that they yep. do. Um, and so when I when I sat back and thought about the things about Killmonger that I really liked, I was reminded of <laughs> the way in which black women were trampled under his feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so to tell me that we're, you know, I've learned the lessons from the colonizers and I'm going to use it against them. But yeah, yeah but I kind of saw how you treated black women. So I don't really believe you. Acting like so that, exactly. That really matters to me is that black men uh, rightfully hurt by social injustice mm-hmm. still honor, respect and dignify black women. And Killmonger, I mean, he may have had the right words, but that behavior that was ridiculous. But yeah. yeah, I mean, he yeah. really, yeah, and he, he, he Kobanger embodies so many different things, right? So the hyper masculinity piece, um, or toxic mm-hmm, men, for sure. if you will, he embodies that mm-hmm. all the way to the T. Um, he embodied so much, which I'll, I'll try to get into that later, but I do, I, but yeah, I mean, I, I first, because I hadn't seen the movie yet and everybody was spoiling it, and everybody was like, Team Killmonger. <laughs> I was like, I was like, there must be something really um, redemptive about this Negro. Let me go watch this movie. <laughs> so I watch it. I'm like, Nah, 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 nah. We ain't here for black imperialism. <laughs> that's not our. That's not the goal here, y'all. Uh, the, goal, that's right. the goal is not to make black capitalists. I mean, we're just so beholden to white supremacist uh, capitalism. It's true. It's actually quite disturbing. And so I'm it's like, true. I mean, the point, you know, the point is, what you want to liberate people with? What the master's tools? I mean, Audrey taught us. <laughs> I mean, Audrey taught us that the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. Hello, what are you guys talking about? And so I think I just think that it was just like really. I think I just thought it was a little short 
excited. Now, I will say the only time I could walk, rock with Killmonger was for the 2.2 seconds before I knew he poisoned that, that uh, poor woman. And so, um, when, no. when he, <laughs> he, he just, Killmonger is, is a misogynist, y'all. It's like, hey, he hates women. Straight and up. Straight up. And so, um, but he, uh, when he said, uh, when, oh, uh, the, the museum, you know, lady, uh, curator, maybe, uh-huh. uh, said, uh, you know, this, this was, you know, this. I, I guess the, the tool, the hammer, I'll call it the hammer. It's from the oh, Benin Empire. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah. no, actually, it's from Wakanda. And how do you think your ancestors got this? Like, and I was like, you right about that? You right? I was like, okay, yeah, okay. okay. You right? <laughs> and then the rest, I couldn't get with him. I was like, what's happening? Um, so <laughs> what's happening, Killmonger? So I think, I don't know. There's a lot to Killmonger, but what, what I thought mm-hmm. was so, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, through, through, I don't know. I was, these are the questions I was left with when I left the movie i was thinking Mm -hmm. why was agent ross in this movie (laughs) i was like for a movie that is so unapologetically but and y'all don't hear our critiques as if we don't love the movie i do love it i'm gonna buy it the day it comes out because i don't even be buying movies like that but i'm gonna buy it Um, and i'm probably gonna watch it every sunday after church you know right before my church (laughs) nap or it's like a routine that i have and so So I'm a buy. I love it. So don't take these critiques as, you know. But um, but I think part of the, the I think one of the impacts of white supremacy is that we feel like we can't critique our own, right? Because we're afraid. We want to oh, protect yeah. them. We want to do, you know. And there's certain things I won't critique publicly, but there, but this is a film. I think we have some license there. Um, but I just didn't understand. Oh, that was a tangent. But I didn't understand mm. why Agent Ross had to be <laughs> in the movie. I just didn't. The whole time oh, I was like, yeah. but why? Okay, so Agent Ross is... <laughs> His, I, I, I felt like it. he was a white savior. I really did. Yeah. I, I felt like he was a white savior. Um, he needed and help. It was, it was, <laughs> I think it was not as obvious as it normally is, right? Because he was getting... He yeah, was getting yeah. yeah, they tried to downplay it. They yeah, healed him. Yeah, like he was taking orders from Shuri, a black woman, a black mm-hmm. teenage woman, right? Teenage mm-hmm. girl, I guess, because she was 16. Um, and then you had mm-hmm. Baku checking him, barking at him. Hilarious. You know, and all yeah. they were just like, yeah. no, shut up. She called him a colonizer so there were points they was checking they were checking him right um but still like he was integral if you will quote unquote to the mission like they he was helping them you know keep mm. the wakandans their weapons within their borders and not you know go beyond so they wouldn't f- fulfill killmonger's um you know, mm-hmm. uh, command, you know, and so yeah, me, for sure. I personally, and I also understand that Agent Ross came into the actual comic books in the late 90s, I yeah. believe in 1998, as a means to bring white people, more white people to the table yeah. so that they can That's latch on to Black say. Panther. Yeah. And so that to me concretizes, concretizes the whole white savior thing. I just don't understand why, why is it that mm-hmm. white people in movies are granted the the opportunity for redemption, right? But a Killmonger mm. can't get that redemption. Killmonger was on my nerves, but I was like, come on, brother, come on. And so like, I, yeah. I didn't understand why he couldn't get that redemption. And what I would have liked to have seen, and I know I'm rewriting the movie, I would have yes. liked to have seen- <laughs> Okay, rewrite it, girl, rewrite, rewrite it. This is what I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen um, Killmonger and his girlfriend, we don't even know what her name is. Uh, I would have liked him, that Bonnie and Clyde uh, thing to happen. The girl that he murdered, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, his girlfriend. Yeah, the girlfriend. The girl he murdered because we don't know her uh-huh. name. And right. so the name, the nameless woman. And so I would have liked for him and her to come to Wakanda, bring Claw right with them, right as whatever you want to call it, a peace offering, I guess, if you will. And I think in some ways the girlfriend could have served as a counterpoint to Killmonger, who was so 
evil, which I, I want to talk about that, why that's problematic to me, but okay. Um, I, I'll leave that right there for mm. now. We could revisit it later. But I think she could have been a counterpoint where she could have had the opportunity for redemption. So she could have been used by Shuri to help complete the mission. I just don't understand why, I just don't understand why we could not have an all black self-determining um, um, situation. Like, you know what I'm saying? In the movie, I, yeah. that, that to me was like, I, yeah. I literally left the movie. I was like, why is he in the movie though? Like, why is he in the movie? Like, but see, you know, but see, you know, I, so, so, so this is part of my, like, maybe this is like Christina's HPCU black sorority stuff. I never have expectations. I really, I, I never That's have expectations right. that white organizations would have an all black anything. Ever. Oh, yeah. I, right. I think I think yeah. like that's our table to make, our table yeah. to build. So Marvel, True. the franchise is a white franchise Bigger in every that. movie. Disney. Disney, uh, y'all. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Disney. Yeah, Hello. You're right, you're right. Yeah. So 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 but I do think That's it's true. good to use our prophetic imagination again right. to think about what would it then look like to build the table for right. a you know, for a superhero, these are mythological, you know, these are basically our contemporary mythological figures, right? Yes, yes, yes. And so the whole series intersects people from other movies and other genres. Sure. So I get why like they why they gotta piece them together. But I think that point is is valid. What I thought also was interesting is that so Killmonger's idea of arming oppressed people around the world, mm-hmm. well, we've heard that before, many times before. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> But 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 his intentions of wanting to resource them so they might be able to push back on oppression. Right. That's actually a very good thing. Yeah, right. And and when we use the white CIA guy to stop that, I thought that was pretty symbolic. <laughs> I was like, huh? I was like, okay, this is interesting. So he's going to stop. He's going to stop the effort, even though it was a wicked effort on one hand. But he's still going to stop the effort of equipping the the marginalized, the oppressed from fighting, being able to fight back around the world. Mm. And so I thought, mm, that's interesting. Yeah, it was an interesting counterplay. Mm, I love what you brought out about <laughs> mythological characters. Like these are, this is sort of our pantheon, our cultural pantheon of right, folklore, right, yeah. you know, contemporary stories. Um, and I, I really appreciate the Black Panther universe for mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. as slowly as it did with the story. I love yeah. the, the prologue piece where you saw the different um, core pieces of vibranium shaping everything in the opening sequences. That was oh, right, right, right. dope. And I really appreciate the... now. I'm going to go super nerd. So just come with me for like two minutes and I'm done. Please do. Um, Please do. I'm there. Go ahead. I really appreciate um, the black, the black centered mm. fantasy piece of it. Mm. The actual black futurism genre that yeah. was so palpable in this film. I am so into nerddom um, that, we used to read science fiction when I was growing up, me and my sister. Mm-hmm. And when we would read stories about aliens coming down from all kinds of foreign and far away universes mm-hmm. to do what to earthlings, oppress them. Um, it just didn't do anything for us. And right. we, we didn't understand that until my parents taught us, you know, uh, science fiction is so, so very white that the only kind of universe in which something very strange could ever happen that they could ever imagine is literally oppression. That's the only thing mm-hmm. that they can think of. 
that is strange mm. and crazy and outside of their norm. It must be someone could possibly oppress us. So a lot of the run of the mill science fiction was never really that impressive to not just us, but most black people. They're like, what, what kind of trope is this? Someone is enslaved. Wait a minute. That's mm. not fiction at all, unless you're a white person in America. Um, so to see mm. a true science, uh, a technologically yeah. focused and truly futuristic, truly mm-hmm. imaginative, truly something that dates back not just to realities that our contemporaries and even like in the mod and further back, the antebellum Americans don't have experience and link to. It dates back to something that we have refused to tap into and that we have covered over, which is the truth that the motherland mm-hmm. was the source of technological yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so right. I, what, what I appreciated about setting up the folklore in Black Panther was that we have names, we have a language, we have fashion, we have tech, we have a whole story that hopefully will continue to mature on its own through more movies. Because Lord knows if this ain't no trilogy, I'm going to be mad. Oh, um, it's, a, it's a trilogy. Black futurism played such a strong part in why my heart was happy and why I was yelling the whole time, like, take this, everyone who thinks science fiction is just about aliens oppressing people. It's actually about humans. <laughs> yeah, it's actually about humans point. getting liberated. That's a good point. Yeah, that I is a really good point. That. Yeah, no, thank you for bringing that in because you know I, I'm not, I am not, I'm outside of this whole thing. <laughs> I just went because everybody welcome because everybody's welcome. black. That's why I went because I don't usually do action movies and stuff. That is a legit reason. Though. That's a legit reason. I, I watch dra- drama and documentaries. Okay, that's why I okay. <laughs> that was no, that's good. Yeah, I did. I'm glad you brought up Afrofuturism because it is, uh, you know, it. Afrofuturism was created, you know, in response to racism, right? And so yeah. it's, just, it, it's creating, um, it's it's the ability to really liberate our imaginations exactly. um, and imagine a world, you know, that that exists apart from oppression, um, which I think exactly. is so hard in our context to even wrap our minds around. Um, and so that's why mm-hmm. I did love that movie. I love the waterfall scene. Mm-hmm. I love the Wakanda bounce. I was like, come on. We gotta we gotta oh, dance. Oh, we gotta oh. dance now. <laughs> you know, I just uh I know there was just so much there was a lot to love about the movie. There there was yeah. a lot to love about it. Well, let me ask you guys a question. What so what do you think about the idea that Wakanda so 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 for me, when as I walked away, <laughs> I've seen it twice already. Okay. Um I thought to myself, okay, this reminds me a bit of the talented tenth. Um, so yeah. I mean, I had all kinds. Of, I got all kinds of stuff with like the black bourgeoisie, mm-hmm. like personally. So I'm like, Ugh. and 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 they as a people, like when you would hear them go around that circle and talk about like their role in the world and who they were, and they. In my mind, I felt like they took actual quotes from the last couple of years or even longer <laughs> from our political discourse in America mm-hmm. and put that in the mouths mm-hmm. of Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, just thought about how some of those things hit you, that isolationism, that yeah. um, that kind of hoarding of resources, that um, that demeaning of the refugee. Um, so, yeah, just curious, like 
what you thought about those parts. Yeah, there was a lot. I mean, the move, the it was it was pretty political, and but Black Panther is political, right? Um, it, sure. it was well, <laughs> providentially, it was actually created by white people, and so mm-hmm. <laughs> Stanley, um, mm-hmm. and I forgot who the other writer was, um, but they actually created Black Panther. It was the first, I guess, Black comic book superhero started in 1966, so during the Civil Rights Movement, uh, and so mm-hmm. and, and also it coincided um, with you know the Black Power movement and the second wave of pan-Africanism and nationalism. So it's always been political in that sense. So that wasn't surprising, but I think the like very clear jabs when Wakabi was talking about, oh, when we let refugees in, they come in with their problems that very much that I heard a little bit of Trump in there. And I was like, eek, you know, (laughs) you know, I was like, ah, you know, um, what else? What else? I mean, is there another line you can think of that was kind of, I'm trying to think it was that. It was something else that was said that I was like, oh, oh, even the oh, even the dialogue between Nakia and uh, Okoye when she was like, Okoye is like, I serve yeah. my country, and she and Nakia is like, I save my country. So right. it's like, are you going to continue to tell the political line even though you have this very crazy man in office, or are you uh, unhinged? <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Hint, or hint, hint. yeah, or are you going to <laughs> resist this and try you know to um, to to protect other people. So I thought that was some of that that was in there. I thought that was, you know, um, I don't know. I thought that, I thought that was interesting. I don't, what, what about you for Michelle? Michelle, did anything else jump up to you that was like... Yeah, that conversation between uh, those two major characters was so important because it really showed this spectrum of not just what am I supposed to do, but I am determined. I know what I'm supposed to do. And I thought, you know, there wasn't a lot of time in the midst of gearing up for a wonderful battle sequence, but to watch the general turn and realize, wait a minute, I serve a throne that I respect and you're literally disrespecting the thing that is more important to me than your body. And so that's, so for her to watch her turn made the whole conversation between her and Nikia previously, it, it brought it really to what I thought was a good but too quick um, end. I think, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. one of the one of the other mm-hmm. pieces is that there there are Black folks who struggle with that, and so it's important to have mm-hmm. that awkward unresolve. We're not all going to do rebellious things. We're not all going to do resistance, right. and I think we need mm-hmm. to be able to disagree face to face the way those women did. Sure. Because sure. mm-hmm. if we're not going to be able to disagree, if we can't disagree to each other's faces, then we're going to disagree behind each other's backs. Wow. And um, mm-hmm. I can't lie to y'all. Sometimes I'm too triggered for the movies. And that just mm-hmm. really, uh, well, all, all three of us have experienced this. People disagreeing with us behind our backs hurts so much right. more than direct mm-hmm. language, than confrontation, mm-hmm. than yeah. sitting down to a meal that you thought was going to be polite, but it turns into a knockdown, drag out. I would oh. much rather have that and know that you yeah. feel determined to do one thing that not just the strategies, but the intentions I feel are totally out of line with what Black folks are supposed to do for our liberation, I would much rather have that face-to-face conversation. And I truly believe, and I know the filmmakers probably weren't digging on this, but I'm all about centering uh, womanism. But I truly believe that it was very mm-hmm. important for two Black women to disagree yes. face-to-face. Yeah, sure. um, I know. So I appreciated yeah. that piece. 
That was a power. It was a powerful scene. I mean, Phil was, I, you know, honestly, like when I think about um, the general for the general for the Dora Milaje, I mean, mm-hmm. her her most powerful moments to me are when she cries mm-hmm. and um, the, the strength yeah. to express a myriad of emotions in the moment and not to lose one ounce of dignity or strength yeah. because she did that. And in the, and, and I can think of multiple instances where she would just kind of tear up or just that one glory, you know, Denzel Washington style tear. When that glory tear come down your no. cheek. But oh yeah, I just, I found, I found it to be so beautiful. And I even found the key it to be beautiful when she would share kind of her, her a bit of her vulnerability Absolutely. in terms of her admiration and love for T'Challa which she would minimize because she was struggling with this thing about to be with this or man to, yeah. or to pursue my calling, which I thought was also a very powerful very line real. at the end of the movie yeah. with this conversation that T'Challa says to her, which is basically, I'm going to love you by doing whatever I can to help you pursue your calling. Yeah. And um, and I thought that was a moment for America. Come on. <laughs> Take us um, and, 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 and just, you know, not to pick on folks, but particularly for complementarians. Mm-hmm to understand, to yeah. sit with and think about kind of, the, kind of the isogesis and the yeah. cultural factors yeah. and, the, and the, thirst, the lust for power that perpetuates the way in which they use theology to stratify gender roles instead of to really honor them and to value them. So that, that scene, that moment of Nakia and T'Challa, I thought like, that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful relationship of strong people, both submissive to each other, but not subjugated by mm-hmm. each other. And um, I thought that was something that we needed to see at this moment in no, time. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> that's real relationship goals right there. I was like, yes. Hello. We're equal partners here. Hello. Um, so I thought, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought that was um, really, even though I think the key is about to get Wakanda colonized, but um, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. We, we can't even think about that anymore. Girl, I'm not, I'm about to get us sacked, child. But okay, so... <laughs> But I think there's a, there's a couple of things here. I think I, I forgot to bring this up, but the Dora Bellage just centering them, I think was obviously um, uh. a big, big, big um, shot at patriarchy. You know, um, African country nations yeah. are culturally, it's just deeply patriarchal. And so I think that was also something that, that they were trying to hit hard um, with. And I forgot mm-hmm. to bring that up earlier. So, you know, put that in your little cap. Um, but I thought what was interesting was... Um, but I mean, Killmonger and Wakanda as a whole was were r- ruled by fear um, to varying yeah, yeah. degrees. And the reality is that where where fear resides, love cannot abide. You know, and so I think mm-hmm. ultimately they men. were very much a, Wakanda was like me and mine, right? I mean, they were really like, look, we got all this vibranium. We don't want to share it because we don't want because we see everything yeah. that's happening around us. So let's just keep to ourselves and let's you know, um, you know, let let's do for us, right? Um, but they weren't really willing to risk it on the line for other other black people, right? For other folks, for their, for their kids. (laughs) For anybody. (laughs) Outside of their society, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then Killmonger also, you know, um, was operating with a level Mm -hmm. of of fear as well, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Because he just did not want 
Well, I guess he he was ruled by few, uh, hatred and and fear. Really, um, I mean, now he yeah, had some legitimate sure. reasons to be mad. Hello, um, uh-uh, <laughs> he was abandoned. He was, he was abandoned sure. by his father. Sure. There, well, actually, not by his father, but actually by his cousins. Right, his cousin and his, his uncle, um, in Wakanda, left there um, in Oakland. Then saw his dad dead in his apartment, killed by his uncle. It just was a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. come on here, been through a lot, but he was just him a little bit. But I was like, come on, brother. So, like, but yeah. there was just a yeah. sense in which they were just both very much ruled by love. But I think Killmonger was yeah. the extreme version of that, of what mm-hmm. T'Challa could be. Um, but I think my issue with Killmonger was, or the way they wrote Killmonger was that he was like, like utterly depraved, it seemed. Like, you know, and, and I, I didn't like that aspect because none of us are as... Um, None of us are all one thing, right? Like you know, we're, we, That's you know, right. we, we're, we're human beings. We're, we're image bearers, and so we do reflect. Uh, God, even when we're not believers, we, we reflect God in the way that we love others, and the way we care for other people. And so, that to me, we didn't get mm-hmm. to see enough of that. And I also mm-hmm. didn't like the fact that Killmonger was wrapped up in some ways. He symbolized a lot. He symbolized Africans in America, first gen like me. Mm-hmm. He, he, mm-hmm. he symbolized actual descendants of an African father and an American mother, right? And you could reverse vice versa that people don't often talk about them and that what that that you know what that means for people living in America. He also he also embodied what the Black Panthers, right? Obviously they they made that point pretty clear, Mm -hmm. Oakland, you know, and Cougar Mm -hmm. is from Oakland, so we know that. But he embodied some of that. Um and I just don't like the way and, and on that last point, I don't like the way that I think the Black Power Movement, Black Panthers, um, Garvey, and all of those Pan-Africanists are always um, caricatured and reduced down to, they're the bad guys, be more like MLK, right? So we pit them against each each other. And I think I didn't like the way that that Killmonger's character reinforced that in some ways. And so it's like, no, like Black Panthers, Pan-Africanists love Black people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you don't agree with all their methods or whatever, but to, I don't know, to me, to reduce them down to like this, we want to, you know, we want to, we want to take control by any means necessary. Well, Mm -hmm. they had limits. They were not going to employ white capitalistic supremacist um, tools um, to to bring about liberation. That's number one. They Mm -hmm. sure enough weren't going to be in cahoots with the CIA to make that happen. (laughs) And they sure enough wasn't going to work with the feds to make that happen. So I'm just, I just think, Come on now, like, yeah. <laughs> but, but but you know, I th- but then I think it's fair for us to say that that's that's not who Killmonger is. People are going to want to make him that, but to say nope, that's not who he is because he was trained by the CIA. He was trained to go in and destabilize yeah. governments and to be a and to be a murderer. And that's not the same that's thing same. as what we have about what we saw in the pro-black sixties um, movements in our country. And so, but I do, but that temptation is there. People just neatly put him in a box and say, he represents Malcolm. He mm-hmm. represents, you know, no, he doesn't. He does not represent, <laughs> he does not mm-hmm. represent them. And, and what I would say is when I think about, I think it's a great point of Kimmy about fear and yeah. love and what, and what fear and bitterness does mm. to us. Yeah. Like that, to me, I walked away thinking about kind of the theological implications of fear um, and how fear juxtaposed with power and fear juxtaposed with no power, how it uniquely manifests itself. So T'Challa is an example of fear with power. 
And Killmonger is an example, ironically, of fear with no power. <laughs> and you see them you see them moving through this movie and and frankly, T'Challa to me is not like um I don't I didn't find him to be a particularly virtuous character. Mm-hmm. I know that he's yeah. supposed to be the contrast. I, I felt like at every turn they needed Nakia literally whispering wow. in his ear. She was, you know, once again, like I said earlier, she is the conscience yeah, of the movie. And so right she's whispering in his ear, you can be a different kind of man. You can be a different yeah. type of king. You can be a different type of leader. So she's constantly staring him because, I, I mean, really, I think after, you know, he confronts his father and that, you know, Lion King-like vision Ancestral of the past. Planes. The ancestral planes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which, you know, Lion King. Um, that, when, when he does that, at that point, he's just such a, he's such a wounded, broken yeah. person. He's like, who am I? Who, who am I when I have to deal with the reality of history that my forefathers were wicked mm-hmm. men who lived by fear? And that's something for America mm-hmm. to chew on. What do you do when you come to the terms with the fact that your forefathers well, are for, you know, we're recording ironically on mm-hmm. President's Day. And well, so what does it mean when you come to terms with that? And then there's a responsibility and an obligation to do something different to, um, so that the sins of the father can be re- be repented for. Um, so. So anyway, yeah, I thought I thought it was so meaty, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm resisting saying that Killmonger um, is somebody that he's I think, not. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think that's a good yeah. It's good to kind of you know shake that shake those categories up. I think I, I do think that um, the fear and love thing is it is is so important, right? Because I think I think mm-hmm. T'Challa he was operating with fear, but there was a love for his people. I think. Killmonger yeah. was his fear was his fear was aligned with hatred too, right? So it just or just right. or right. or bitter bitter bitterness, you know? No, it was hatred because he was he was killing all these women. Like I'm gonna say it's hatred, and so <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna burn it all down. They burned it all down. Stuff. I and was like, fear, wow. fear. See, and that's not to say that we never fear anything, right? You know, but but man, when you are right. ruled by fear, you have not been perfected by love, and love constrains us. Is what the word tells us. So, and so you need that. You need to be constrained by love, right? So you have the capacity, God willing, to serve people as you ought to. You're supposed to get this power so you can actually serve people and disabuse yourself of it to distribute it. Um, you know, and so, and so, I, mm. the warriors, you're given that power so that you can serve to get under those, you know, who are in the trenches to lift them up. And so. I just I didn't see Killmonger wanting to 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 do that, um, and yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, Michelle, what about what about you? Yeah, I have um, I have this deep and almost trembling thought about not just Black Panther, but just in general where where Black people are in in the long road to reconciling ethnicity in the diaspora. Yeah, yeah. Go, go the there. Yes. Yes. And I really believe that if Killmonger represented anything um, outside of the fantasy and the folklore and the important um, identifying of T'Challa as king, you know, challenging not just the tribe that was secluded and, you know, had, had made itself recluse because of different issues in the past, but T'Challa really establishing himself as king to people who came from the outside. So I Mm -hmm. I think if we Mm -hmm. just move out from the storyline of the Black Panther movie Mm -hmm. itself, there are things that were brought up that we got to deal with as Black folk. 
And a big piece of that is our understanding of what what is ethnicity and who are we. So it was really important to watch T'Challa's rejection of the mistakes and deceptions of his forefathers. And to me, it was also very Mm. important for me. Um, It's very important for him and for the watching audience, maybe those who are involved in different pieces of we who believe in freedom cannot rest. Um, T'Challa made it Mm. very clear. I cannot rest. You know, I'm not, Mm. um, I'm not ready to come home to y'all. Um, because y'all mm. resting on some laurels that you fabricated in part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and well, myth- mythology. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe that it is important for us to look at the different myths that we have made about blackness and how mm-hmm. we define it. And obviously I'm jumping from what mm. the character experienced to, to what I feel we can say to our forefathers, we won't rest on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done like mm-hmm. listening as people shake their heads and suck their teeth and roll their eyes about our black queer family who are like, why did, why did they feel the need to heterosexualize mm-hmm. Okoye? Mm-hmm. Um, instead of one, they could have left orientation ambivalent or they could have oh, remained is she, true. Mm-hmm. Is she queer in the, the, um, is she queer in the comments? Cause I don't, I, I, I legit don't know. Is she? Is she I, queer uh, in the yeah. comments? Yeah, so there's uh, a there Dorm and Laje, yeah, who are in a queer relationship. And there's an under uh, I mean, there's an understanding that happens with marketing that there's mm-hmm. like changes will be made. Um, mm-hmm. but why sexualize in such an overt way rather than have the two generals, right? The Dorm and and then the is it the warrior tribe? Um Looking at uh, yeah, so these yeah. two warriors, the border tribe, you know, yeah. Why, mm-hmm. yeah. So watching these two warriors, um, we're putting identity, we're putting markers on what it means to be acceptable, on what it means to be um, palatable, and I, I think that Black people need to deal with that. Um, I'm also yeah. pretty, I'm also pretty convinced that again, outside of this, outside of this film. I feel pretty convinced that um, Africans and African-Americans have a long way to go. And T'Challa's humility in hearing the complaints of his uncle and his cousin was really strategic. Mm. And Uh T'Challa's, I mean, I think the gentrification piece was a mistake for sure. They could have added something. Done a little, <laughs> it took a little more energy. Maybe they was tired from all them costumes. I don't know. It was an ambitious film. It was an ambitious. It was an ambitious film. But yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I, I don't like Okoye and Wakabi's relationship didn't serve any purpose. It didn't move the dialogue any, along any further. So I didn't. Oh, I didn't really understand why that was necessary. Which I do want to talk about Wakabi because I'm like this brother. I want to talk about him real quick, but at some point. But I do want to pick up on what you were saying about um, the African American African. Um, you know, t- tensions that were brought out. Um, I think, you know, because uh, Killmonger mm-hmm. represented, right, the, the African-American, you know, experience and also some mm-hmm. of the first gens. There's other things there. I, I identify with Killmonger on a lot of yeah. different levels. 
Um, and, and so and also mm-hmm. I'm from the Bay, so there's that too. So I have a lot of touch points there with that. And so, but I guess this is, this was my issue though. And so it's because yeah. to me, he yeah. did embody that. And th- I think that was a very clear, like, no, he embodies the African-American, you know? Um, and so I think that I didn't like mm-hmm. the way that, this is why I really wanted the girlfriend to survive. I didn't want her to be killed because I thought she could serve as a counterpoint to Killmonger. Like, if you're going to make Killmonger this super, super evil villain, then at least maybe we can have some redemption here with Sister Girl. Mm-hmm. We don't know her. Yeah. And so, this is like, we don't even know her name. Right. And so, we don't know Child's name. And so, uh, so, but I didn't like how this caricature, I think sometimes there's this caricature that's um, the broadcast, not sometimes, in the media, and that and that Africans also get because of the media, right? So the hip hop they consume, the movies they watch, the TV they watch, they see this um, hyper masculine, right? All this bravado, you know, and swag, right? Dripping from this, you know, African American man. I'm going to say it's Michael B. Jordan here, you know. And so you get all of that bravado, and he seemed to embody some of those stereotypes in some ways. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't like the way that he was killed off so quickly. And so it's like, so so there was never this. And so to me, obviously. Obviously, T'Challa is embodies the African. Um, 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 Killmonger embodies the African American, and, and it's just like, and and Killmonger dies. Like there was just there was never an opportunity for some sort of redemption, some sort of bridge to begin mm-hmm. to form. And I think yeah. that made me sad um, because I was yeah. like, dang, like you, there's there is a chasm between us. Um, and I wanted, I was hoping that this would be. You know, that in the movie, in the movie, I'm not saying that this movie yeah. won't have an impact. I'm just saying in the movie, I would have liked to have seen that chasm close yeah. just a little bit. And mm-hmm. I don't, and I, yeah, I, I didn't see that. And I was, I was, it made me a little sad. So, yeah, I know. I think, I think that the, when, uh, what is it? T'Challa lifts up Killmonger to see the sun, yeah. the sun. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I thought about the hardness of heart at the end where Killmonger, so this is, this is the line of the movie that for me as a, <laughs> For me, as a descendant of the transatlantic yes. slave yes. trade yes. in the U.S., um, with family members who um, endured Jim Crow mm-hmm. and were part of the Great Migration, and so, <clears throat> so that, so that line when Killmonger is like, you know, bury me, you know, just you know, right. bury me in the ocean right. with my ancestors. <laughs> so, 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 so people hear that, and I, and I think that there's some people like even you know similar um, family narratives like my own can hear that and, and find that to be. Um, empowering and beautiful and and actually that is not how that hit me at all nope. yeah, how did it hit because you? i'm a yeah, yeah i'm a i mean i'm a descendant of people who engaged in redemptive suffering there you go. uh for the good of generations that would be to come and so if all of our ancestors had said like you know what bump this we jumping off the boat well my children wouldn't be here right, <laughs> so right. so so I think in some ways, like when you think about what it means to live in love, it means to live sacrificially. And when I think about the ancestors who who live sacrificially, who endure things for the hope that that, you know, they they're the dreams of the slaves Mm -hmm. are are people are us today. Mm -hmm. And so. um, So that was an interesting thing about Killmonger's identification with the African-American narrative, because I feel like he was in some ways disconnected from it. Like he's kind of a even though he represents, yeah, the African-American character, I feel like he is still afloat. And when his dad tells him, like, you know, they're going to think you're lost and Wakanda is lost, too. I think that's like the most accurate conversation of the movie, because Killmonger is lost and so is Wakanda. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And and I, I guess in the last little piece, if I think about some of the the theological nuggets, um, you know, Wakanda, you see that like origin story at the very beginning of the movie. Um, they have done nothing to warrant having vibranium. They've done okay. nothing. <laughs> like, you know, like like just happening to land with the vibranium, the being where the vibranium is. I mean, and I think sometimes that's the way I think we look at the grace that is in our lives. It's like, well, and 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 frankly, it's oftentimes the things that we have not earned yeah. that we hoard the most. most. Yep. Mm-hmm. We hoard the most yeah. that we feel is the most fragile. And um, I thought, like, isn't that interesting? Because they're like, well, they're gonna want to take out vibranium. I'm like, well. You know, you you did just kind of happen to stumble. I mean, I mean, I would I would argue that they had the most rights to it as the people there who stewarded it, right? Mm-hmm. But I I did think that was interesting the way that we think about what what is ours um, and what we get to have control over. It made me think about grace, right? How grace cannot be hoarded. How grace has to be shared. And I, and I guess my little other piece too, when you guys talked about the the um, what is his name? Wakabi. Um, Wakabi. Wakabi, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, yeah, he was a lot. He was ridiculous. He also was ruled. <laughs> he was. Ridiculous. He was also. He was also ruled by bitterness too. Right. right? So um, you have these two narratives of orphaned uh, black men, mm-hmm. right? One in the U.S. and one in Wakanda, and you see how it begins to shape their personalities. I did find the the love story. It wasn't particularly compelling, but that interaction at the end between these two different generals and her saying mm-hmm. like, no, I will kill you for Wakanda. Yes. I thought that I thought I thought that actually was powerful. Mm-hmm. I thought it was powerful because there are some people who are called to be the keepers. And, and typically in most cultures, it is women. Women are the keepers of the culture. And so that that interface between black men and black women and that sense of like, no. <laughs> I'm on, you know, I'm going to stand by my convictions. And of course that, that may cost her, her boo, you know, mm-hmm. she, she's okay. not going to have her boo anymore. That was funny. But I, but I still thought that, I still thought that was a, a fascinating thing to play around with, but I, I have already, yeah, I've started to look at already kind of the disappointment of what it meant to, to shift that storyline. Mm-hmm. I think Coates in the more recent um, Black Panther narrative looks at kind of queer identity more mm-hmm. than maybe the historical mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Black Panther series. Mm-hmm. And so there's a bit of kind of, Obviously, there's lots of politics, right, at play and controversy about the topic in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so what what they're pulling from in terms of what um, what addition? Yeah, the 60s, of the Black Panther the 90s, series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yep, 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 and, or, or Coates piece as well. Mm-hmm. So, sure, interesting. Yeah. Good point. There has to be a continued, um, well, I mean, so this is all of us, but we have this idea of simper reformanda, right? And that's yeah. mm-hmm. how we live. Um, and so I think as people who are watching this from a very specific lifestyle and, I mean, kind of something that directs us, it's how we think, it's how we, uh, how I raise my children, and it's how I look at culture and history. Um, and so I think it's important for us to continue to look, to turn back and say, what were we wrong about? But also, mm. what do I really respond to? I think T'Challa's grief was important to observe mm. um, and how he came into grieving not only his lack of uh, a paternal mentor, but he was grieving mm. his lack of an opportunity to face his dad down um, mm. in person. And I think that's... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that has to be intertwined with his pain of not being with his dad. It was also the pain of not being able to talk through struggles um, and even mistakes that were made. So I, I fully believe in the larger discussion of us saying, what do we need to reform even now, even in what we believe now 
So those, it would, to me, it was just an odd juxtaposition of saying we reject all the lies and the deception, but also we have to do some lies and deception for the sake of making the film palatable. So that, that was. <laughs> Uh, indeed. We have a lot. <laughs> I did not know the background. I didn't know that Okoye was queer. I mean, that, that changes a lot then. Cause it, cause well, I, well, Ayo like defi- a- definitely is in the in the series. Yeah. I didn't actually know about the Okoye part, but Ayo, who is uh, one of the women Kasuba, that we see playing Florence, in the movie. Yeah, Florence mm-hmm. played by her. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know Okoye that. Okoye is more ambiguous. It's uh, more ambiguous. Okay. And it's only in the Coates version. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my point I was see. just like, I'm just okay. done like being, I'm I done see. being mean to people or telling people, well, calm down if they want to mm-hmm. talk about this stuff. That was the I point. See. It's like, you know, I don't have time to start judging what yeah, what yeah, people yeah. want to discuss. I think we need to discuss everything. Talk about it all. If we're going to talk about this, yeah. let's talk about it all. Okay, that makes sense. Absolutely. Come to the table. Don't Don't just talk about it without us there, you know. I just, that's how yeah. I feel. That makes sense. I mean, yeah, because that part was like, oh, why did this love story exist or this non-existent love story? I'm so confused. I was like, what's happening? So confused. I was like, oh, the only time we do is when she was like, my love. We were like, oh, okay, that's her bae. All right, cool. Like, <laughs> I know, right? She didn't even have to do all of that. So, I, but Wakabi, man, look, I have more to say, but Wakabi, I felt like there was not enough of a character <laughs> development with him. I would say I, I felt like character development lacked with Wakabi. One second uh, he's BFFs. Um, he's um, he's yeah, uh, yeah. T'Challa's ace. Yeah, yeah. Coon. I'm like, yeah, that's his ace. He's ride or die. And then Killmonger tells him, Nah, I brought Claw. And then he's like, Yeah, let's go. And then he starts the civil war <laughs> against his own friend. I was just like, What is happening? And then he called out the rhinos. I was like, You is tripping. I was like, What is happening? I was like, this nigga is really happening. You know, like, what's happening? He, you know what? That's a character development issue for sure. It was. It was. Yeah, we didn't even know he was is, stewing. The arm is We didn't really know that he was stewing over it. Like, were you really stewing over your parents' death? We didn't see that. They didn't develop that enough for us. We just knew that he said, oh, we thought you were going to be different than your dad. That's all. But all of a sudden, he was all, I was like, come on, what? Oh, but you know that 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 reminds me of the disappointment when leaders let you down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you're expecting. It's like you know. It's like when he was like, you know, I expected something different from you. Like Wakanda has been this way forever, and right, I, right. I expected for you to be. And that actually made me think about Obama, and it made me oh, think about yeah. how, there, how how there are people who looked at the Obama presidency and expected something very very different. Um, and then they did not get it. <laughs> they got, you know, they, they were mad. Yeah. And they were mad. And it resulted in them functioning in certain ways that I think were, I would argue, were counterproductive and toxic in the next election cycle. <laughs> so yeah. I do, I do think that people can, yeah, put a lot of stock in who they think this a leader is going to be. And when they get disappointed, everybody's looking like, okay, was it that deep? And apparently it was very deep to this man. <laughs> Yeah, you know that. What happened? That critique did remind me of Obama too. Is more moderate than people wanted him to be, you know. And so I think you're you're right about that. You're right that it did make me think about that too. So, oh my God, were there any other little things that stood out to you guys about the movie, whether it be good or bad, like technical things or about the movie that come to mind for you? I mean, I wanted all of the earrings. I can tell you that right now. The earrings, (laughs) jewelry. 
Y'all, I could have watched another hour of the movie. I didn't want the movie to end. Like, so with all you my critiques, I didn't want it to end. I really <laughs> loved it. I really did love the movie. So this this will sound crazy, but I really wanted to see them eat in Wakanda. Me too. So this is a yeah. so you know I'm a, I'm a culture person, and I wanted to see what dinner looks like because you know you, you can see cultures come to life at the dinner table. True. And I thought to myself, do we see anybody eating Wakanda? Because no. I felt like that. They <laughs> all fasting, girl. No, no. I, I was like, I don't even <laughs> eat. I was wondering too. I was wondering. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. I think my thing was, so I'll say this. This was my issue here. Soundtrack. I think I love Kendrick mm. Lamar. I do. But I don't think he had the range for this. I think what needed to happen is you cannot have a movie based in Africa. And <laughs> there's a couple of things. The, the soundtrack. And then not have a soundtrack that is heavily informed by African artists. So Very Kendrick, Very Kendrick Lamar should have linked up. Because I need you needed the African American piece, but you also needed the African influence, and so he only had one African sure. artist on there. Well, technically, I guess the weekend is two, but he's a first, I think he's a first gen like me, so you know. Um, but uh, but there was Babes uh, Wadumu, I think is her name, and she's a South mm. African artist. She was the only one that was on there. She was on the song Redemption, um, but there's no reason why they should they should have had either Femi Kuti. Um, the son of late Fela Kuti, inform that you know collaborate with Kendrick Lamar. You have to put Fela in there. What do you mean? Fela was an anti-colonialist activist. What he talked to? He made a song called "Colonial Mentality." Come on, somebody. I'm, I'm just trying to like, Come on. like there's a Come on. there's a lot that you can pull up. Obviously, I'm biased because I'm Nigerian. So, I, but I'm gonna. But he's the architect for Afrobeats. There's no way you can do a movie about that and not about Africa and not. Mm put Fela in there or have Femi at least advise and help or DJ Tunes or DJ Maforisa or T.Y. Savage, Wizkid, all these people have crossed over. Like there's no reason why their music should not have been incorporated. And that to me mm -hmm. really exposed just how American centric mm -hmm. Black Panther is, you know, because we have black, we have blind spots. We all do. But I think that was very, that was a big miss, I thought. Um, and they can improve in that. They can do that in the second part. Yeah. They can do that in the yeah. third. Right. But I thought that was something that really stood out to me as glaring. Yeah. Yeah. There was huge attentiveness to the attire like that. Yeah, that the, was atten great. the intentionality of Ruth Carter. I mean, yeah. just simply brilliant. That was great. So yeah, it would be it would have been great to have that also mirrored in the argument that you're making, which I think is really legitimate. Yeah. Uh, about about the music piece as well. Um so yeah, it, but yeah, I am I I'm so glad that um that Marvel took this movie up. Mm -hmm. Um and that it came to bear at such a time as this. And I'm looking forward to more movies just like yes. it. And and I will and I will not forget Ava DuVernay. I will not forget her. Wrinkle of Time. Um, when a wrinkle of time comes out. We'll do something. We'll do, we'll do an episode on that too. We gotta we gotta hold it down. Ava, we're gonna go watch it. We gonna watch it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So anyway, yeah, so I think good that stuff. was yeah, there was a oh yeah, accents too. Sorry, y'all. That was another thing. I was like, accents. Oh Sew wow. So a little bit. <laughs> You got so you got to tighten yeah. it up a little bit. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, you know, okay, you noticed that too. You okay? They, they were all yeah, over. The place. It was hard. It was all over. The it place. was hard. I did appreciate um, the consistency with the the language. I appreciated the um, the oh, yeah. non attempt to fabricate, um, but yeah, more of yeah, an yeah. attempt to harmonize existing yes. mm -hmm. tongues. Yes. So even in like the broken um, attempts to do language well, 
what what they refused to do, the line that they refused to cross, and I appreciated this, was that they were not going to fabricate something that um, the motherland had already provided thousands of examples um, and opportunities for them to just harmonize different pieces. I loved that. Mm. Um, my other two things, just as my like, this is what I walked out of that movie thinking, here's where I am. Um, I am 100% certain that Chadwick has the best swagger strut <laughs> on the face of the earth. You better Number walk. One. You gonna walk <laughs> like that wearing a sweater with no sleeves. Anybody else would be like, hey, your sleeves in. Um, you gonna walk like that wearing a floral scarf on a black suit. Oh, come on. Come on, Chadwick. Come on. Come on. So Chadwick's I'm down. Sad. Anytime. Let's go, Black Panther. His swag. His swag was a million. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, you made a good point about the, the accent. I show here the accents were, okay, Sosa. I know I'm saying that incorrect because I don't know how to Cosa. do the click. Cosa. So I don't know how to do the mm-hmm. click that you have right, that's actually right. in that. Um, but, you know, I, mm. I don't know. Anyways, there was that mixture of that. And then it turns out that I guess Wakanda, uh, the first language is obviously Wakandan, but it's the second language spoken in Wakanda is Yoruba, which I didn't, and my cousin had told me about that. So I think to me, it was just like, they needed to choose a language and stick to it. Like if everybody's Wakandan in the movie, (laughs) you needed to teach everybody that because Mbaku's accent was Nigerian and it was a good accent. That's how I could pick it up. I was like, oh, that's a Nigerian accent. Like he had everything. He had even the colloquial terms that we use. He had it right. Um, Shuri's accent was great, but these are both, they're both West Indian, right? So there's a lot more, um, I guess you could say Mm -hmm. connectivity within their accents from West African to even West Mm -hmm. Indian. So that's how I can tell they could carry it off very well. Um, but then there was other ones where it's like, ah, okay, you you do a little bit more work, you know, and that's, I think that they could work to try to make it a little bit more uniform, maybe for the next one. Um, I would say, and I did say another thing that I did really like about this movie. I don't know if it was on purpose or what, but Kugler seems to really have a good eye, um, an, an eye for people on the margins, like particularly um, our d- disabled brothers and sisters in Creed. Um, Tess, uh, Tess Thompson, I believe is her name. Um, I hope I didn't make her. Tess, I think Thompson. She, her, her character was uh, deaf, right? Remember, you, you guys remember her? Um, yeah. She was deaf. Partially deaf, I believe, um, in one ear. And then John um, Caney, or Connie, who uh, played uh, T'Challa's father, the older father, um, it, mm. seemed like, it seemed like one of his eyes, I think he has a glass eye, um, yeah, and then one is functional. So I just thought, I was like, oh, wow. I was like, I, I don't know if that was in, on purpose or what or, or whatever, but he really seems to have an eye for bringing in um, just that that piece, you know, of, of of people within our community who who have disabilities or who are disabled or differently abled. Um, but you know, I know people prefer, prefer different terms, and that's yeah. something that I noticed. I think because I, I grew up, my father was also disabled, so I pick up on mm-hmm. those things, and so I thought that was um, very interesting and very good. So he just seems to always have an eye. That's the second time I've noticed it, you know, in his films. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I think he, I think his left eye is a glass eye, and I just thought it was interesting that Kugler seems to be able to bring that in into his movie somehow, some way. I think it's subtle. I don't know if it was on purpose, but I noticed it. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. No, he does. So he does a, an unbelievable job of seeing people. Yeah. Of seeing, yeah. which, which is actually a gift to see people. It is a gift. <laughs> like that's something we don't want to do. So to like actually see people is, 
Yeah, and I, I mean, I, he is so gifted. I was, I was really, really impressed with the movie. He's so yeah. gifted and so young. Mm-hmm. He's going to definitely go down as one of the best filmmakers. And I mean, oh, like, yeah. no doubt about that. No doubt. Um, and I love his transparency. I mean, he talked mm-hmm. about how he feels pain over the loss of his own ancestral roots and the ethnicity and all that yeah. comes with that in the culture. He's talked about that um, openly during the screenings and things like that. And so I think you were, you, were, you saw a lot of that come through um, mm-hmm. in the movie. And anybody that can be vulnerable like that, you, you got, you get, you get all my money. <laughs> so yeah. That's a big Jane. part of what I loved about the women in this film. Um, somebody told me recently that strong women know that their weakness is beautiful. Um, mm. And I really saw that in Mother Angela. I mean, well, Ramonda, oh, like I saw that so <laughs> clearly. And I really believe that um, Ryan Coogler sees that. I mean, I think he knows that yeah. the strength of a people is often in their own appreciation of an ability to learn from their weakness. Amen. And by yeah. the end, you can see that T'Challa was coming into that too. Mm. Mm. yeah no that's it, yeah it's there's a lot here that will be dissected chewed on for generations to come mm-hmm. um i thinking um I'm, i saw this quote from kugler when he was doing his um you know the black panther press chunket and he said i hope that black children will never ever be ashamed for being african mm. um and that's just so powerful like that that actually brings me to tears because i know how many years i hated you know, despise the skin I was in and despise, was made to despise being African. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I can't imagine how this will impact and help and heal the diaspora. With You know, beyond all of our critiques, we love this movie. I think we can say that. I think everybody <laughs> at this table loved the movie. And we love it enough to critique it. I mean, golly, do you really love I'm something? I'm going to see it again. Exactly. I've already seen it twice. I'm going to see it again. You know, um, <laughs> we, we love the movie. And I think that this is just something that's very powerful. I think it's something that can help. I don't know. I, j- I just have never seen a Black film that was, like, not just completely American. Right. Or that wasn't completely African, which is straight up just Nollywood. Like it was like finally something that all of us, you know, can go to the theater um, and be like, oh, my God, feel like we are seen and identified. And I think that's beautiful Mm -hmm. for the diaspora because the diaspora needs Holy Ghost healing. Um, And that's not to say that Black Panther is going to give us that. (laughs) I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm not saying that, but I am saying that I think that. (laughs) This is helpful. I think. I think it, it is. It's. It's. It, it, it helps to start the dialogue. It helps. Oh yeah, it's cathartic. It's cathartic. It, it, you know, mm-hmm. it's just to see the babies, the reactions. You know, yeah. to the film. I just can't imagine. I can't imagine what it's going to do, and I, we won't really see the impact until like what twenty plus years from now when we're in our yeah. old age. But you know. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I would say for those of us who don't, who can't exactly point, put our finger on our African ancestry. Mm-hmm. This this movie yeah. scratches the, the the itch of that particular longing, um, and that some of that mocking that you see of black folks, uh, that internalized racism, mm-hmm. that mocking of black Americans towards Africans, is really rooted in a deep, deep insecurity yeah. and inadequacy mm-hmm. of not having a rooted mm-hmm. home. And and when we don't, and when we don't have a home, 
you can see how it just it, it causes the worst to come out of us. Mm-hmm. In that sense, this movie does point to this real deep, the fact that we're sojourners, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And the longing for home, uh, the beauty of home, the longing for a people that, that claim you, that own you, that understand you um, is something that I think, whether you're of African descent or not, that will probably resonate uh, with you when you see the movie again and again, again. and again. <laughs> So go see the movie, (laughs) go buy it when it comes out. It is shattering box office records. Don't tell me nothing about the, you know, um, how, how the black dollar lacks power. That is a lie. That is a lie from the people. So, so I, them dollars work. They do. They work when you want them, you know, when you work, you know, so, uh, any final thoughts? No, I love this movie and I am I am really excited to see how they handle and I think actually grow some of the themes that we talked about. I I yeah. really respect that they started the story slow, that they established a narrative right slowly. That's what I really liked. And I'm I'm stoked to see more iterations of this for sure. I'm excited. Oh, what about the kids? Have you guys are you guys taking kids to see it? Or are you like, mm, going to hold off a little bit? My six and five year old, I'm thinking about it, but it'll probably be something we watch at home with what yeah. I have a remote in my hand. Amen. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. Yeah, I'll take my, my oldest daughter, okay. who's a, mi- a middle schooler, so she will see it. My youngest. Um, I told her about it and she said that she would prefer, because she doesn't like fight scenes. So, oh, and it's, it's, okay. it's laden it with, you know, scenes. as you, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so she thought, no, thank you, but we're going to buy it at home and then we'll skip through some ah, of those parts, okay. I think. Um, but my oldest daughter, we're going to see it this Yay. week. Yay. Okay, good. Uh-huh. Good, good, good stuff. Well, this was a great break from our reparations now series, right? It was perfect mm-hmm. timing. And so, of course, of course, we want to thank our listeners for joining us in Wakanda, which is where Truth Table will be recording from now on. So I okay. <laughs> just want you guys to know that. <laughs> so thank you for taking a seat at the table with us in Wakanda. Um, <laughs> keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts uh, about Black Panther um, using the hashtag Truth Table. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Truth Table or email us your thoughts at AskTruthTable at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on the Satchel Podcast player. Truth Table is made impossible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment. Our producer for the show is Joshua Heath and our executive producer is Bo York. And we have been your hosts, Akemini, Michelle, and Christina. We'll see you soon on the next Truth Table. Bye y'all. <laughs>